Hi, and welcome back to Fiona and Jack Radio. I'm Fiona Murphy. I'm Jack Diaz Doherty. And last week we had a theme. We had new wave. Mm-hmm. So uh, this week we are going to have generations. Yeah, we're gonna continue that we're series. Part series. Two. Yeah, we did the 20s and 30s, and now we've got the 40s and 50s. My favorite. Yeah, really? Mm, I mean, maybe. I mean. <laughs> It depends, because I mean, like, I feel like a lot of the music between the 60s and the 50s kind of, like, the early 60s, like, mm. combines, but also the same with the 30s and the 40s, but I think we did good, we did well to split it up. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Because I feel like in the 40s, there's definitely so much influence from what was already there, the 30s, mm-hmm. big band. And the whole big band thing. And then right. that, in the 50s, it still existed, but, I mean, as we'll talk about with your first artist, rock and roll really came onto the scene, so. That's or, very I mean, true. I mean, rock and roll was a different thing back then, but it was still... You know, it was more bluesy. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a new genre. It was it was new. So, so yeah, I guess we'll just hop that's, right in. That's a little history about it. On yeah. top of, um, but yeah, the history of the music in the '40s and '50s. Um, just you know, uh, the '40s. The '40s, we definitely had a lot of the influences from a lot of still the same big band mm-hmm. music stuff from the '30s. But I think that World War II really caused. A lot of changes in music and, and I agree. what people wanted to hear and what people wanted to listen to, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that that again introduced a lot of the blues and and classic pop begin to kind of start. Yep. Um, that was big with my first artist, which is Elvis, of course. Of course. Um, and again, the startings of rock and roll because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's more of a classic pop type thing. But yeah, so my first artist is. The one and only Elvis Presley. Um, and when I was researching him, actually, uh, there's such a conspiracy that he's still alive. That, yeah, like, it, you know, his I death mean, was that's this. That's with anything. People still think uh, yeah. T-Bucks alive. That's <laughs> true. But, you know, it's just like so many other artists have died, but no one still thinks they're alive. It's, it's just, just like particular people. because no one wants him to be. He's, you know, maybe the one of the greatest. I mean, he's one of the greatest voices ever. One of the greatest musicians ever, in my opinion. But I think, like... Yeah, he's just so know. he's just so distinct. Yeah, he's just very his I mean, yeah, I people say the Beatles invented rock and roll and I agree with that, but I think Elvis influenced rock and roll in a different way than the Beatles and I think not enough people give him credit for that. Well, also, I you know, he was yeah, he was just around the time of the early early Beatles. When he yeah. really blew up, it was like still early Beatles, so he was the stepping stone of what then became them. So I think mm-hmm. it's all it's all because of something else. You know, there's not one band that started it all. Yep. Um but anyway, so yes, Elvis Aaron Presley, uh he was born January 8th, 1935, um in Mississippi and he died August 16th in 1977, uh, at, you know, sadly the age of 42 in Memphis, Tennessee, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, he was a singer and an actor actually. I I love some of his movies. I know. I I used to watch those with my dad all the time. I've always had this just like, oh God, anything with Elvis. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's so, this sounds so lame, but it's just so. Love Me Tender was It's so American. It, and like, I know like, that's like, no, I mean, I don't know. It's just. It, it's the reason, like, I love the 50s and all that is it's, like, it's movies like that and music like his that just makes me, I wish I could be there. It's just very... It's just the vibes that he gave off yeah. with his music was so reflective mm-hmm. of the times that people were living in. Um, but, yeah, Love Me Tender was one of his first movies in November of 1956, but... 
a little bit about him as a musician. He was a singer and an actor. Um, he was regard. He is still regarded as one of the most significant cultural cultural icons of the Absolutely. 20th century. Um, he's often referred to, of course, as the king of rock and roll or just the king. Um, I mean, he was early early popularized the rockability and the up-tempo backbeat-driven mm-hmm. fusion of country music and rhythm and blues. He was a first, for sure. And that's why so many people didn't like him, I think. And it was because he mixed so many... D- a big thing was a racial thing. Like, a lot of... A lot of I mean, it's, it's kind of scary how it's still almost a thing today. Like, a lot of rich white people just didn't like the, his dance moves and, you know, how yeah. he was singing. And they were like, it's just... he's It's like he's black. And I'm like, okay, well then, I mean, that's still happening today. But I think... That was so, that's what he really he was like the first one to really add, he adds everything. sexiness. He was the it was sex I, appeal. Yeah, he was the first uh, American sex symbol. In my and if opinion. you actually like, if you go back wise, yeah. if you go back and watch some of his concerts, well, I mean for the time everyone's it's like, everyone's heard the story about when he was on um, I can't remember I, the I'm, talk show. He was on that. I, yes, I should know. I, know exactly I should know what, what show. About. I don't want to. Yeah. We'll just not say a name, just so we don't confuse anyone. But he was on; a, he was playing a show, and it was it was it was, it was one of his first broadcasted shows. And they uh, they cut off the camera at his hips. Yep. They wouldn't show him. It was too racy, which is like compared to now, which is like you don't you barely have to be wearing clothes on. <laughs> it's just so funny how that's just changed. But that's yeah, true. You can thank Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can thank Elvis. Um, one of his first hit singles was Heartbreak Hotel. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my song, but it will not be. Um, it was released in January of 1956. And then from there on out, he became the figure of early rock and roll mm-hmm. as a series of successful network television shows. He started appearing on those and that kind of upped his, his charts. And I think he was also such a so gorgeous like people mm-hmm. just thought he was so handsome people are still i mean he's a good looking he's, dude. I, oh my I wish gosh. i could look like him he's i try so my best attractive you yeah know? <laughs> but you can only yeah no he's um but yeah that definitely yeah. helped him out he actually uh i think nope just kidding i don't want to say anything <laughs> that i don't know for sure he has a daughter though um lisa marie presley um she she had a baby with uh michael jackson yeah which is kind of a weird little tie, like the two kings of their own mm-hmm. pop and stuff like that, rock and roll. But yeah, so uh, the song that I picked uh, was "Lovely" or <laughs> "Love Me Lonesome." Yeah. That's 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 a great song. That's I mean I picked it simply because it was it is just a it's a different vibe of what mm-hmm. uh, I usually think. Or I'm sorry. Are you lonesome? Not love me lonesome. It's are you lonesome? Um, But I think it's just a very much of a a different vibe Mm -hmm. of what a lot of people think of Elvis, which is which is cool to get his kind of more relaxed. He has the the ones everyone knows. I mean, he he has songs people know and they don't even know it's him. And it's the young kids who everyone's everyone's heard Hound Dog. Right, it's not technically his song. Everyone's heard uh, Jailhouse Rock. Everyone's heard that. But it's good to hear his other stuff because it's like you know he's more than just that. And that's kind of wanted what why I wanted to plug him in. And Um, also, I just did some research. And the show he was on was the Milton Berle show. So we got that out of the air. There, there's your answer. Um, Yeah, June fifth, and at NBC. So. Anyways, he was, uh, he's, I'm sorry, just a little bit more Mm -hmm, about him. We can't just like flip through him, but he started with gospel music. And I think that that's, it was his, it's because he was born in Memphis. Right. And I think, no, he was born in Mississippi. Well, he grew up, he, he lived in Memphis is, that's where I, I guess when I say born, he was musically born. Right. Because, you know, he would play guitar with all those, you know, 
old guys rocking the blues. And, you know, I think that's really, I mean, right. I mean, rock and roll exists because of blues, but I think, um, that was a huge, I mean, like imagine if that never happened, like what if he didn't, you know, it's just funny. It's like, yeah, but I think that's the case with a lot of artists I found, like where they grew up influenced, at least with the early artists like Elvis. Definitely. Like, I mean, yeah, he had you know, so many songs referencing Memphis and Tennessee, mm-hmm. and he had that gospel Southern vibe to him 100%. And you know, that's, I don't think that's really a big thing anymore. Like, because I think because we're so connected as a world, like, it's easy if you live in somewhere boring with not a lot going on, it's easy to find different kinds of music, which is good. I mean, that's better, but it's, it, I don't know. I just, and also yeah. there's not a popularized... I mean, if it's like you either like country mm-hmm. or you, you, there's not that kind of middle ground. I guess there would be with like some bluegrass stuff that's more yeah. rocky, mm-hmm. but you know, you, like, you know, my opinions on all that. Like, right. Like, I mean, country music has its place, but the, I, people, I, it's just annoying because there's, there's parts of country music that I like, you know, Johnny Cash and all of the early stuff that that's I love. That's what I'm talking about. Those but are then different. there's Those this are different. new stuff, which I think I will not go into because I think, Maybe there'll be an episode about our not favorite songs. Right. And we can get into that later. But I think, um, yeah, what you were saying about, like, how there's no line anymore. There's there's too much of a line, actually. Right. Like, it's too black and white. Like, it's like no one oh. can have such a diverse range of music taste anymore, which is right. which is what I think Elvis changed. And right. it's kind of fallen back, but... Last little note about him, just to kind of sum him up. Um, He is commercially the most successful, best-selling solo artist in the history of recording music. That's crazy, though. It still holds up. It still holds up. I mean, with including pop, blues, and gospel, uh, all across the board, he is still... He estimated record sales of around 60 million units worldwide. Um, That's insane. And still growing. People are still... And I think that that's what keeps him on top, is that people are still in big chunks buying his albums and oh, yeah. recording his songs. And well, it's just, it's timeless, which is good. Like kids are still listening to him, which I think is awesome. Right. You know. Okay. Well, so I think we'll take a listen. I think we will take a listen. This is again, are you lonesome Elvis Presley? Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory stray to a bright summer day? When I kissed you and called you sweetheart Do the chairs in your parlor seem empty and bare? Do you gaze at your doorstep and picture me there? Is your heart Filled with pain Shall I come back again Tell me dear Are you lonesome tonight I wonder if You're lonesome tonight You know someone said The world's a stage 
fate must play a part. Fate had me playing in love with you as my sweetheart. Act one was where we met. I loved you at first glance. You read your lines so cleverly and never missed a cue. Then came act two. You seemed to change, you acted strange, and why I've never known. Honey, you lied when you said you loved me, and I had no cause to doubt you. But I'd rather go on hearing your lies than to go on living without you. Now the stage is bare, and I'm standing there with emptiness all around. And if you won't come back to me, then they can bring the curtain down. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lovesome tonight? Well, you said this a little bit um, while we were listening, but mm -hmm. that definitely is a winter snuggly yeah, and especially vibe. since we're from colorado and like we get snow almost every mm -hmm. i mean we do get almost we get snow every year it's just like now that like I, since i'm so into music I've, i i always associate my music taste like my music taste changes with those with the seasons Absolutely. It, you know what i mean it's like fashion for me it's like people change their clothes i change my music like I like listening to the warmest stuff during the winter and christmas and like that's elvis's slow stuff is just like I just, I can picture, it melts, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, I just, you know, it's just great. Um, and it's such a, like a f kind of a smoggy, fo not smoggy, foggy day outside. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's nice. If only this was a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> if only you guys could see us. Yeah, I well, am wearing it, a Vikings hat. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think we're moving on. Um, so it's my turn. Yes. So I chose, this is like, I chose, I wanted to do this first because I wanted to get it over with. Um, I chose... This is my selection from the 40s, because I, I think we just kind of split it up, 40s and 50s, mm -hmm. a song each. Um, so I think I've mentioned this, but I've been playing drums for about 15 years now. Or not 15, uh, 13, since I was around five. And people always ask me who my favorite drummer is, and I, I never really know how or who to answer with. It really changes depending on what music I'm in at the time. Like, if you asked me in fifth grade, I'd say... Travis Barker. Travis Barker, or like... The worst drummers you could like the guy from Slipknot. Whoa, he's or, not like, Travis Barker. No, 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 no. I'm saying like the the people, the gimmicky right, guys right, who right. like people who Slipknot. don't know. You know, like <laughs> yeah, the guy from Slipknot. I was like, yeah, he's sick. Or yeah. like even, I mean, oh god, if anyone no, Lars Ulrich from Metallica was like my guy in the fourth grade, and oh Metallica, he, that guy. I that's straight away from the point, but you kind of get it, like how. Mm. It's it's hard to have a favorite drummer unless I think you start later in life. So, right. um, but one thing is I always uh, my grandfather. Um, he was born and raised in Cuba, and he was just he grew up like during the forties and fifties, or didn't grow up then, but he was alive during the time when this big band jazz was a huge deal, and he loved. I mean, you know, I I 
credit my percussion skills to my grandfather. Not he wasn't a drummer or anything. It's just he exposed me all this for. I only knew him for three years, but he really did. He, I would sit on the porch with him and listen to Gene Krupa and all this stuff without even knowing what's happening. You know, I was three. I'd be sitting there watching him smoke a cigar and listen to this music, and I didn't realize until very many years later when I was mature enough to understand just how, like, how much that music shaped me from only a little amount of time. So Gene Krupa really means a lot. I often say Gene Krupa is my favorite drummer or John Bonham or someone, but Gene Krupa is always in the top three or you know he's number one a lot of the time especially in my later years now that like you know i'm into guitar and stuff my music tastes for playing music have changed a lot but my drumming has really been uh jazz oriented orientated so yeah that was my little quick relationship with gene krupa um he was born in 1909 january 15th in chicago another reason my dad uh, my grandfather loved him he he uh Moved to Chicago. It's where my mom grew up. So they're they my whole family's a Gene Krupa fa- uh, family. Um, he died at age sixty four, which is pretty young. I mean, you know, he's not, he's not uh, young as my next artist, but he uh, yeah, he died in nineteen seventy three. Um, he really he's not only my favorite drummer, but he really is considered maybe the greatest drummer of all time. He was ranked um, the third most influential drummer of all time. I'm not quite sure behind who. I'm assuming. Um, Buddy, uh, Buddy Rich was up there too. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, he's, he's, he's something else. He really, for people who aren't drummers, it's hard to like tell like if it's a different drummer or not, unless you're a real music fan. But I think he is one of the most distinct drummers I've ever heard. And that's just, you know, something to be said about him is just the effect he's had. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just kind of get to the song. Um, it is drum boogie which is just, you know, if, like I said, if you're into drumming or anything, that's, you know, you know this song. It was, it's a standard now. Everyone, any pro band plays it. Um, it has definitely become a standard. Yeah, it, it was recorded in on January 17th, 1941 in Chicago, which is awesome. And yeah, it stood up. It's amazing. It, uh, I don't think it'll ever not be considered one of the greatest uh, compositions of all time, or at least for the type of the, it was boogie woogie jazz, which was Krupa's style, and um, a lot of people consider it Krupa's best drum solo, which I can I can agree with. You know, I have my favorites, but I definitely see why this song is so just important to drumming as you know in its history. But um, yeah, I think we will take a listen. Awesome, awesome. So this is Drum Boogie by uh, Gene Krupa. Drum boogie, 
such a great song. Very yeah, beautiful no, song. I love I love Gene Krupa. He um, I'll keep it short, but like what I what I always tell people is like, that makes me want to go play drums again. You know, yep. it's like, and like I love playing drums all the time, but like I don't have time. You know, it's busy, but like that makes me want to just go record a jazz album, even though I you know I can't. Right. <laughs> but it makes me want to do that. But um, yeah, that that's Gene Krupa. So I think we're gonna go into Chuck Berry, uh, a, uh, a music staple. A music staple, Chuck yeah. Berry. Uh, I chose Chuck Berry simply because um, the songs, some his songs became uh, original, mm-hmm. original standard. Like the first rock and roll song, as you said, um, the, he has you know Johnny B. Good, uh, Maybelline, Roll Over Beethoven. He started that rock and roll music. You know, those are just staples of the time and they became so record uh, covered and recorded by other mm-hmm. artists you got Jimi hendrix uh john lennon john lennon said that johnny b good was his favorite song of all yeah. time so you can't not do that janice joplin covered it marty mcfly um yeah. so yeah i i have to do that but uh chuck berry is still alive um yeah. but he was born october 18th 1926 he's now 88 years old he was born in st louis missouri um he was associated with T-Bone Walker, which I just love. I love T-Bone Walker. Yeah. Um, he is a guitar and vocalist. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he, he became active in early uh, 1953, and he still, mm-hmm. he still concerts around and, yeah. and uh, plays. Rare appearances, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, plays uh, some appearances of mainly his, his hits. He's not really recording anything new now. Which makes him kind of a, as they call it, a nostalgic live performer. Um, he definitely just kind of plays the songs that he he was good at. Um, but yeah, uh, Johnny Be Good blew up. It, I mean, it, it was one of the first songs really to capture. I mean, I'm not saying this like, but like back then, everything was still so segregated. That was the first one to really, like, cross the racial barrier totally. I mean, Elvis did that a little bit, but I think Johnny Be Good was like. That was the that was the song, you know. It was the one to do it. So. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's five hundred songs that shaped rock and roll included five of Chuck Berry's songs. Obviously, you know, and, it should. And that's that, a huge. That, that's a huge it. percentage if you think about all the incredible, uh, incredible artists. So I think that you know we had to do this yep. uh, as Chuck Berry. But yes, just make that a little bit short. Um, he's still alive today, and uh, he's he's amazing. He started in nineteen fifty three. Um, he was influ- influenced by guitar riffs and showmanship and techniques of blue player, of course, uh, T-Bone Walker. Um, he began performing in the Johnny Johnson trio and then kind of broke off in Chicago of May 1955 um, when he met Muddy Waters to suggest that he kind of make his own make his own staple, mm-hmm. make his own thing. So, yes, I chose Johnny Be Good um, by Chuck Berry, and we'll listen to that now.
Johnny Be Good, of course. Everyone's heard it. I mean, I can't say everyone, but I feel like everyone's heard it. But everyone they may not know my name, but like again. everyone's heard that. Um, so yeah, love it. Um, so final song. Um, so I for the for the song of the fifties, I knew I had to do something that like I don't really know. I I I knew I didn't want to just do like like a like a I don't even know how to do like a. I don't, I, I'm failing right now, but I, I don't know how to put it into words, but I wanted to do something that just really captured the, I don't want to say racial difference, the cultural difference between, because it's just, I think the 50s was like the first time in like ever that like black artists were really being appreciated by the whites of America, which I think is awesome. because The I mean, majority that's, of America. Exactly. And when I think that's awesome because a lot of the music we have today wouldn't exist without that happening. Definitely. And what's crazy is that like, these people would buy these records and then protest their concerts, right. you know, for having black people there, which I just... Louis I, Armstrong had that, too. Yeah, we could do a whole show about racial problems with music, but, you know, I think that's just what really gets me when I listen to this stuff. But I, um, I chose Why Do Fools Fall in Love by Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, which is just so cheesy and so... But it's the so teenagers. good, and it's just so... It's like the most quintessential 50s song, you know, it belongs in any movie that you know, takes place. In the, it's just, it's, it's classic and I love it. And, um, I'll talk a lot about Frankie Lyman because Frankie Lyman, it's such a sad story. He was so incredible, amazing voice. You know, he started really, really young with the, with the teenagers. Um, but he, you know, he was born September 30th, 1942 and he died at age 25. Um, in 1968, on February 27th, he was found dead in his grandmother's bathroom of a heroin overdose, which, which just it, it's crazy because so many um, artists at that time died in similar ways. No one huge. I mean, he's one of the bigger ones, but I'm sure there's others. But I just feel like um, that was a big thing. I feel like I, if you hear well, about that was people, the beginning of drugs and rock and roll. It really was, and I. Uh, yeah, it's just a sad story because he was unbelievable. He was just, he was unreal. 
Um, but yeah, I picked probably the quintessential song of the 50s, in my opinion. I think, as far as, like, when people think of 50s music, I feel like if you show them this song, they'll be like, yeah, that's what I mean. And I just think that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, here is Why Do Fools Fall in Love by Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. It's just, it's perfect 50. I'm just, I, I fanboy about it. The vocals it. in that were very um, insane. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I don't think that's the end. Yep, that's the end. <laughs> um, so I think next week we're thinking something along the lines of reggae, rock, and ska, but we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure out the, the deets. The deets for that. Yeah, but so, um, yeah, we're going to alternate between, again, genre and decade. And but, once um, we finish the decades, I think we'll do more, like, band themes. But, um, right. yeah, so. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will be back next Friday. Thanks so much.